trick-or-treat, it's almost Halloween time. This famous holiday tradition, which is celebrated in many countries around the world, including the USA, is coming up real soon. Curiously, I wanted to deep dive into today's show on how this famous tradition originated. Now, remember guys, all this information was gathered from multiple sources for educational purposes. I'm Joyce Grace, and this is Shots of Endorphins. So I was genuinely curious about how Halloween got started. I never deep dived into something as simple as this harmless tradition, since we all know it's a commercialized kids holiday where you get free candy and get to dress up as your favorite superhero, princess, or any spooky creature you can think of. But as you guys have gotten to know me just a bit more, I'm a curious being. And as curiosity killed the cats, well, satisfaction brought it back. Now sit back as this might be a long one and let's get started with the real tale of Halloween. As we all know by now, Halloween is a holiday celebrated each year on October 31st. But how did this tradition come to be, you might say? Well, the tradition originated with the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain, which is a pagan religious festival originating from an ancient Celtic spiritual tradition. It is when people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. Halloween, or also known by different names as All Hallow Even, the evening before All Hallows Day, or All Saints Day, which dates on November 1st, was then adopted by the Romans after they conquered the Celts in 43 AD, in which they started celebrating many of their festivals and incorporated them into their religious celebrations. Later in the 8th century, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as a time to honor all saints and Christian martyrs and moved their observance All Saints Day from May 13th to that date. Soon, All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Samhain. The evening before, meaning October 31st, sundown, was known as All Hallows Eve and later converted in the famous Halloween. Over time, Halloween evolved into a day of activity in what we know in the modern day like trick-or-treating, carving jack-o'-lanterns, festive gatherings, donning costumes, and eating treats. But back to what I said before, Halloween's origins date way back to the ancient Celtic festivals of Samhain. The Celts who lived about 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that is now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and northern France, celebrated their new year on November 1st. This day marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. Celts believe that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain when it was believed that the ghost of the dead returned to the earth. In addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, Celts thought that the presence of the other worldly spirits made it easier for the Druids, or in other words, Celtic priests, to make predictions. For people entirely dependent on the volatile natural world, these prophecies were an important source of comfort during the long, dark winter. To commemorate the events, Druids build huge sacred bonfires where people gather to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities. During the celebration, the Celts wore costumes typically consisting of animal heads and skins and attempted to tell each other's fortune. When the celebration was over, they relit their hearth fires, which they had extinguished earlier that evening, from the sacred bonfire to help protect them during the coming winter. 
As this Celtic tradition was spread throughout all Western Europe, eventually it spread through America in later centuries. The celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England because of the rigid Protestant belief system there. Halloween was much more common in Maryland and the southern colonies. As the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the American Indians meshed, a distantly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included play parties, which were public events held to celebrate the harvest. Neighbors would share stories of the dead, tell each other's fortunes, dance, and sing. Borrowing from European traditions, Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money, a practice that eventually became today's trick-or-treat tradition. Young women believed that on Halloween, they could divine the name or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apple parings, or mirrors. In the late 1800s, there was a move in America to mold Halloween into a holiday more about community and neighborly get-togethers than about ghosts, pranks, or witchcraft. At the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the most common way to celebrate the day. Parties focused on games, food of the season, and festive costumes. Parents were encouraged by newspapers and community leaders to take everything frightening or grotesque out of Halloween celebrations. Because of these efforts, Halloween lost most of its superstition and religious overtones by the beginning of the 20th century. But now let's navigate a bit more over to these forgotten superstition stories of Halloween and how it's still around today. Halloween has many traditions and beliefs that today's trick-or-treaters have forgotten. Many of these obsolete rituals focused on the future instead of the past past and the living instead of the dead. Starting with the nicer and more romantic traditions, many rituals had to do with helping young women identify their future husbands and reassuring them that they would someday, with luck by next Halloween, be married. In 18th century Ireland, a matchmaking cook might bury a ring in her mashed potatoes in Halloween night, hoping to bring true love to the dinner who found it. In Scotland, fortune tellers recommended that an illegible young woman name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fireplace. The nut that burned it to ashes rather than popping or exploding represented the girl's future husband. In some versions of this legend, the opposite was true. The nut that burned away symbolized a love that would not last. Another tale had it that if a young woman ate a sugary concussion made from walnuts, hazelnuts, and nutmeg before bed on a Halloween night, she would dream about her future husband. Another story, young women tossed apple peels over their shoulders, hoping that the peels would fall on the floor in the shape of their future husband's initials, and stood in front of mirrors in darkened rooms, holding candles and looking over their shoulders for their husband's faces. I don't know about you, but sometime in my childhood, that was something totally different for me. Other rituals were more competitive. At some Halloween parties, the first guest to find a burr on the chestnut hunt would be the first to marry. At others, the first successful apple bobber would be the first down the aisle. As you can see, or listen in this case, a lot of it was matchmaking rituals. Nice, good-spirited rituals to meet a loved one. Now. 
on to the darker side of this story. I'm pretty sure sometime in your life you heard that Halloween was bad. Whether it be from your grandparents to maybe someone religious, there was always that scoff of brushing it off. What's so bad about this holiday everyone knows it's just commercialized? Well, by now, you have learned the origins of where it came from, how it was created, how it spread, and the harmless rituals of what it was used. But that's not all it was used for. The Celtics also used Samhain as a time to burrow deep into the caverns of your unconscious mind and what they call your shadow self. In fact, Halloween is as much of psychological exploration of the dark and unknown realms of life. So let me explain a little bit about this shadow self. The shadow self is described as an archetype that forms part of the unconscious mind and is composed of repressed ideas, instincts, impulses, weaknesses, desires, perversions, and embarrassing fears. This archetype is often described as this darker side of the psyche, representing wildness, chaos, and the unknown. Basically, the part of the unconscious mind that represses. Celtics would use and still use this technique to call upon what they would call their spiritual guide. From meditating to using herb smudging ceremonies, candles, and even drawing mandalas. They also believe that fairies would leave their homes and roam the world of the mortals. Yeah, although this sounds like a Disney moment, they definitely weren't Tinkerbell. Basically, these fairies were described as horrific monsters that would collect the dead and sometimes pull the living mortal along with the deceased. But it is said that in the earliest of the days, Samhain may have had child sacrifices. Irish legends talk about a time when gods demanded sacrifices during the festival. One source says that people had to give up two-thirds of everything they owned at the beginning of the winter, including their corn, their milk, and their children, usually firstborn. Another source depicted that the druids performed other vile rituals where druids would drink their victim's blood and eat their flesh. And another act they counted as an honorable thing to do was they would eat their father's flesh and perform incest with their mothers and sisters. Jeez, that is absolutely traumatizing if you ask me. Now how does that connect to modern day history? Easy. To this day, like it was emphasized before, people nowadays use this spooky tradition to make it, well, spookier. And as humans, we're always inventing ways to make life more exciting. People like to use this day to do seance to communicate with the dead, as it is said to be the easiest time of the year to open the portal of communication with the dead, which some say can attract negative distressing energy and increase the activity of ghosts by 30%. Oftentimes, even cults like witchcraft, Wicca, Satanism, and Paganism regard this day as their New Year's Eve. According to a Satanic High Priestess, Halloween gives even the most mundane people the opportunity to taste wickedness for one night. They have a chance to dance with the devil, and she goes to say that she sees Satanists all over the world meeting in small groups on that night. And let me tell you, reading about their rituals made me pale, or paler than I already am. Now, let me talk a tiny bit about the decorations that I found interesting. The ornaments decorating Halloween came directly from the Druids and the occult. For example, the smiling jack-o'-lanterns might be cute and harmless, but the carving of the pumpkin actually symbolized the severed human head of their enemies. Believing that their head harbored the soul, they would place the skulls in their sanctuaries or front lawns. Man, what decoration to have? and the candle signified their souls inside the head. 
Also, if you see black cats or owl decorations, they were believed to be witches in disguise. Okay, one last detail before this becomes way longer than I intended it to be. I mentioned in passing earlier of trick-or-treat. So in Scotland, children would go door-to-door just like children do nowadays, only they would perform a type of act or trick in exchange for food, sweets, or ale. This was a practice known as guising, a trick for a treat. The Celts also prepared meals as treats to appease the evil spirits from tricks or malicious acts, hence the custom of trick-or-treat. This was way too intense. And yet, there is still more in-depth of this tradition in which I didn't want to overwhelm y'all. Either way, everyone can make their own conclusions, whether it be good or bad or in between. I think it's my obligation as a journalist to inform y'all about everything. So be happy and stay safe. This episode on Shots of Endorphins was produced and scripted by me, Joyce Grace, and a shout out to my research team. I would like to let y'all know that Shots of Endorphins has its very own website now, so you can visit the podcast at shotsofendorphins.com. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Instagram by searching up Shots of Endorphins or subscribing to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other streaming services you're listening to. And when you do, don't forget to shoot me a greeting. It's nice to meet new people. As always, Thanks for listening and don't forget to smile.